PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new Gen 5 golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions, all coupled with the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. And we're back. Stripe Show Podcast Monday. I'm Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you had a great weekend. Scotty Scheffler gets another win. My goodness. Five wins now in the last 365 days. Back-to-back waste on waste management, Phoenix Opens. I've got some thoughts on Scotty. Victor Hovland, you know, I, I threw it out there on Twitter. Got a lot of feedback. I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned uh, with Victor. I'll share some thoughts there. John Rom inside takeaway. He just didn't have it on Sunday. John Rom today has got to be just pissed. Guarantee it. That guy, competitor, Spaniard, little fire in the belly. And he got whipped a little bit on Sunday from Scheffler. Scheffler now the number one player in the world. That's good, though. That's good. You want to get Rom a little bit on edge. He'll be back. You know, he's going to be back. Those two will duel again. Scheffler, you know, he just, he looked like the number one player. You know, he looked like the number one player. Hitting all the shots, the high fade off the tee, the towering long irons can knock down the wedges, proximity to the hole tight. And when he shows up in Phoenix, folks, I've made a note. And if you follow the Stripe Show podcast on Tuesday, I leaned a little away from Scheffler. I didn't think the putter would just, you know, absolutely go blitz on fire again. Positive 4.2 strokes gained putting. He hasn't sniffed that uh, since the Arnold Palmer, where he was positive 4.3. He shows up in Phoenix, make a note. That's when the putter comes out of hibernation. And that's what happened there. That was the difference. That along was just incredible iron play. I got to tell you now, man, I I just, I am blown away by how good of an iron player Scotty Scheffler can be. Coming out of college, we all knew he was a great player at Texas. He had the distance off the tee. He he was going to gain strokes off the tee, no question about it. And and that alone, when you're dominant off the tee, you're going to give yourself ample opportunities. We knew a short game. He could hit all the shots. Uh, The guy is a magician around the greens. His putter always, I think, a little hot and cold. But how good of an iron player could it be? That was my question. That's my question for Matthew Fitzpatrick right now. How good of an iron player can he be? He certainly was good enough at the U.S. Open when he won, but I think with Fitzpatrick, his iron game is, eh. and Scheffler, that's, that was my question. And I got to tell you, his iron game just absolutely has, has blown me away. He's got all of the shots. You know, he's one of those guys when you go out there and you watch and you're on the range and, you know, he's got that funky footwork, which I'm going to do a full analysis on, uh, on my social platforms, Instagram at Travis Fulton golf, Twitter at Travis Fulton. He's got that funky footwork, kind of Greg Norman-like, little Johnny Miller. The guys are kind of gliding across um, the ground, and then the right foot gives way. The left foot's up off the ground. And I talked to, to Randy Smith about it last year when he was on the podcast and just how he left that alone and why he left it alone. So you, you look at all that, and it's, it's kind of, you know, I think as a – you know, someone who maybe just as a novice and a fan of the game, you you look at that and you're like, man, you can't really wrap your mind around that. But yet he just, pew, 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 you know, stripe show. 
high with the long irons. You know, you talk about what these guys can do and hit all the shots. You know, Scotty can hit the towering drive, the towering long irons. He's got a little toe hang at the top. So he can bring that down, neutralize the shaft and just hit it straight up in the stratosphere. With that speed, it's a huge advantage. But then he can take the short to mid irons and he can knock it down and he can hit the three quarter and he can control it. It's beautiful. And I think you add all that up. He's a good player out of the rough too. You know, when you're hitting at that length off the tee, your, your ball has more time to, you know, kind of dispert off and be in the rough a little bit more. It's just the physics. And, but that's okay. I mean, his swing upright in nature, he can do a number of different things with the shaft angle so he can get out of the rough and he can control the distance. So he can just kind of do it all, you know, with, with his game. His putter's a little hot and cold, and that's okay on the PGA Tour because when it heats up and when it heats up in Phoenix, he wins. And as I mentioned, that's five wins now. Uh, over the last 365 days, course, back-to-back Waste Management Phoenix Opens. He won at Bay Hill. He won the match play in Texas, and he won the Masters. It was an incredible run last year. We'll see if he can, if he can do it again. We'll talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open uh, for a second. And a lot of discussion, you know, on Twitter as there, as there is. And it's interesting just to kind of observe some of the conversation around professional golf and nature, because I think in many ways, when you look at the waste management Phoenix open, like the atmosphere and what that tournament is, I think maybe in some ways is what live golf is trying to do attract to this younger generation, which I think is great. I mean, I think that's a, that's a, a thing that needs to happen. You know, last week on the PGA tour at the AT&T, I mean, that tournament is geared towards the core audience. A little older, my mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, people who've been around, grew up watching golf on TV. It was the Bing Crosby, all these celebrities, Bill Murray doing his thing, Clint Eastwood. Just a staple of the PGA tour. You think of the PGA tour back in the eighties and the nineties, early 2000, I mean, it's, it's the AT&T, right? Like that's just kind of that core audience. And the waste management Phoenix open feels like what live is trying to do, create that little younger atmosphere, lead with the social atmosphere, lead with let's have a good time. And as we have a good time, let, let's introduce a lot of you to the game of golf. There's a lot of tweets out there. Like it's the first time I've ever been to a golf tournament. I've heard a lot about the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but now that I'm here, this is fun. This is great. Why isn't that perhaps a good model to maybe replicate a couple more times? I threw it out there. I said, look, this, this tournament is just fun. It's fun. It may not do great when it comes to TV ratings because I think it turns maybe some of that core audience off. But for that younger generation and attending in person in, in person and make it a bit of more of a bucket list type of item, it, they've done that in leading with the social atmosphere, leading with fun. And then golf maybe is kind of a part of that. Perhaps that sounds familiar. That's what Top Golf did. Top Golf's really not interested too much in the core golfer. They're interested more in people that want to come and listen to music and have a few pops and be with some friends and, and have some success around the game of golf and be entertained. So they already know they're going to get that core audience to some degree. Like they, they're golfers. They're going to, yeah, they're going to engage with it. They're golf fans. 
But the Waste Management Phoenix Open is bringing people to the game like Top Golf that isn't part of that core audience. And they just want to have a good time. And yeah, with that comes a little riffraff for sure. You get a streaker. You get streakers at NFL games. You get streakers in, in Major League Baseball games. Um, and I know it's a little uncomfortable for that core audience. It is. It's a little uncomfortable when you reach out into different areas to try to grow the game. And I think many times in the game of golf, you heard the initiative, well, let's grow the game. Let's grow the game. Let's bring new people in. But really in reality, I think when a lot of people say that, and I've seen it, a lot of people say, oh, let's grow the game, but let's grow it in a way that kind of looks and feels like us and it's not going to get in my way, right? It's not going to hamper me in any way. It's not going to make me feel uncomfortable. And I don't think that's the right way to grow the game. I think you got to make yourself a little uncomfortable. I think you got to have different perspective. You've got to reach out into different audiences and attract them in a way that is appealing to them. And to do that, can't lead with golf so much. You can't lead with the model that is the AT&T. So I think waste management has done a brilliant job. And as I tweeted, I said, look, why don't, the new sponsors, potential sponsors of the Honda Classic, which is here in just a couple of weeks, just south of me here in West Palm, CC to them. You want to make yourself different. You want to look uh, and feel a little different in the PGA Tour schedule. You don't have to do everything waste management is doing. But there's a lot there to learn from. A lot there to learn from. West Palm Beach vibrant city. I know a lot of people retire there, but Florida is a big state. Man, I just, it just feels like there's got to be another tournament or two somewhere. Rocket mortgage, John Deere class. I like there's, there's things to learn from what the Thunderbirds have done at the waste management Phoenix open. I think we need more of it. I think we need more of it. I don't think it has to be every week. No, it's not going to replace Memorial. No, it's not going to replace the API. No, it's not going to replace um, the, the match play. No, it's not going to replace the playoffs. Of course not. But there's plenty of spots in the schedule that if I'm a sponsor and I'm looking at what's happening here on TV, I'm going to set a meeting up with the Thunderbirds and figure out how I can kind of replicate at least some of that to get that kind of energy because that's what it is. Just energy, just good energy. It's just fun. People sharing their experiences around the game of golf. So that's my thoughts there. It's just, I just love the tournament. I love the PGA tour leaned in, made it an elevated event. And, you know, Scotty Scheffler gets the win. And I think, you know, the reality, when you look at these now elevated events and you get into a tournament like this and, and, and the tournament, you know, down the stretch here, it, it didn't deliver. All right. I, I think last year you had Sam Ryder delivering with a hole in one. That was a, just a, one of those impactful moments, memorable moments, people throwing beer or whatever. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And the atmosphere at 17 was, was electric again. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't, it didn't have that signature moment. Uh, Adam Hadwin almost aced it in the last hole of the day on Saturday or the last group on Saturday, almost aced it again on Sunday. Um, 
but, but the tournament kind of, it, you know, Scotty ran away right late and he gets on 18. He's got a three shot lead. So it's, it's like, it didn't have that, that energy last year that the hole in one from Sam Ryder, the, the finish between Scheffler and, and Thagala that went into a playoff. It didn't have that. And as I sat there and I watched that, the reality kind of set in, in that the elevated events I love, I think it's going to be great. You've got to get the best players in the, in, in the world playing together. Like I think it's, I think it's, I think it was a great move, but the reality is, is we're missing those other guys. You know, we're missing DJ. We're missing cam. We're missing Brooks. We're missing Bryson. We just are. Because if those guys are in the field, then you have that much more of an opportunity for a better finish, right? For one of those two guys to, to, to make a run at Scotty and be there come the finish. So we're just missing some of that star power because of lift. And that's just the new reality in the way it is. I don't think the PGA tour can do anything different, right? You're just going to have tournaments like this, just the nature of golf. Every once in a while you have a player that, that is just going to separate himself and he's going to win. It's going to be, there's going to be a little anticlimactic. And then the next one there, it's going to be a little different, right? But you've, you're doing the right thing with the stars in place and the elevated event. But the reality is, is we're missing another five or six stars and we're missing that villain too. You know, we're just, we're missing, missing Patrick Reed. We are, you know, I love Scotty Scheffler. I love him. He's great. I mean, he's just a genuine, nice man. I think his wife's name is Megan. I mean, you see them um, going up and talking to uh, uh, Nick Taylor's family and giving him a hug and, you know, like, just like, I'm sorry. Like, they were like apologizing because, <laughs> because Shuffler won. Um, it's just genuine, you know, just, just great people. And, and Scotty's not going to give you much behind the mic. You know, he's just kind of like, this is what I do. He's just chill. He's laid back. Yeah. Another win. And, and so it, it's great, but we, and, and there's a lot of guys like that on the PGA tour, but we're missing some personality. You know, we're, we're missing Brooks's uh, being arrogant. We're, we're missing Patrick's, you know, just stupidity <laughs> You know, and, and the things that he's all about. We're missing Bryson's uh, antics. We're missing DJ and Cam and their ability uh, to make a run atop the leaderboard and, and, and be there with Scotty Shuffler come the end. So it just, it's just the new reality. Liv has hurt the tour in that way. But these elevated events are the right thing. And, and they're going to be fun. And we're going to get some really cool situations down the stretch. And we need more tournaments like this on the PGA Tour. CC, new sponsor at the Honda Classic. I want to talk just for a second about Victor Hovland. I, I tweeted out my concern uh, for Victor who made the cut, finished down the leaderboard. and wasn't sure exactly. He was, you know, T35, T45, whatever, somewhere down there. But I, but I tweeted out that I was a little concerned about Victor Hovland. And, and I alluded to it last week on the pod as well. And my concern is with Victor Hovland is that he just made the switch, I think about two weeks ago, to now his sixth coach on the PGA Tour. Victor Hovland's 25 years old. Scotty Scheffler's 26. Scotty Scheffler has worked with uh, his coach, 
is as long as I can remember. I think since he was like 10 years old, uh, Randy Smith. Victor Hovland now, his sixth coach since his days back at Oklahoma State. Uh, his new coach is, uh, is Pat Mayo, who, who, who's an excellent, smart mind, incredible mind, someone I've learned a lot from. Uh, he, he works out in, in Las Vegas. His previous coach was Jeff Smith, who ironically, Jeff and Pat worked together at TPC Summerlin. Both are just brilliant minds. All of the, these things that I'm saying are, are more directed towards Victor Hovland and not the ability of one coach versus the other. That's not any of this. The concern is, is Victor Hovland right now is jumping around from coach to coach. Six coaches at the age of 25 is concerning. It is. Especially when you look at the top players in the world and you go down the official world golf rankings and you look at really the stability that all of these players have. Scotty Scheffler, as I mentioned, has been with the same coach since he was 10 years old. Rory McIlroy, who's world number two, Michael Bannon's been his coach. Now, through COVID, Bannon couldn't travel. Um, he, 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 he seeked out uh, Pete, and they worked together a little bit, but then quickly went back to Bannon as things cleared up. So Rory's, you know, consistent, stable. John Rahm, same coach in Spain, now established here in the United States, kind of got re-established with the Talents Performance Institute, and he's been with Dave and Greg for uh, forever. Cam Smith, been with Grant Fields his entire career. Patrick Cantley, Jamie Mulligan, his entire career. Xander Shoffley, pretty much with his dad. I think behind the scenes, maybe a little dabble here and there with his putter. I think he worked a little bit of Steven Sweeney on some just small things and putting, but for the most part, the stable is his dad, Justin Thomas, his dad, Will Zalatoris, um, pretty much Josh Gregory, you know, a little bit on the, on the, you know, a lot of these, some of these players maybe dabble a little bit, like with some stats, some course management and a will with Scott Fawcett. Um, but you know, they, I'm sorry, not, I'm sorry. Will Zalatoris is not Josh Gregory. It's, it's Troy Denton. My apologies. And they've been together for a long time. Colin Morikawa um, has been with his guy for since I think through the days at Cal. So you get the point, right? We just kind of keep going down this list. I mean, I, I got to work all the way down to like Max Homa, who was with Jamie Mulligan for a long time and then switched to Mark Blackburn. Now, okay. One switch. I get it. And it, has paid off and he's been with him since um, Tony Finau ha has been with his coach. As long as I can remember Boyd Summerhays, Sam Burns with Brad Pullen as long as I can remember. I mean, I just keep going right down the official world golf rankings and it's like stability. That's all it is. Stability. One coach. All right. Dabble a little bit here in putting like Colin did with Steven Sweeney. Um, like you're going to get a little bit of the specialization here and there, but that stable of the main coach has been there for many, many, many years. And here we are with Victor Hovland, sixth coach at the age of 25. That's concerning to me. So when I see that, my question is, is what is he searching for? You know, I, I've played with Victor before. We know each other a little bit and I, I, I love Victor Hovland. 
I think he's a solid dude. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great player. He's won three times on the PGA tour, but what is he searching for? That's, that's the question, you know? And, and I think as a player starts to go down this path of searching, it becomes, I think confidence starts to waver. I think insecurity starts to settle in. I think then as a coach, you probably got to hold his hand a little bit more. And I think that's what's happening right now with Victor Hovland. You go back to the success that Victor Hovland had with Jeff Smith. When Jeff took him over, he was the 38th ranked player in the world. Gain more speed. Iron game we know is fantastic. Uh, he, he changed his short game stuff around, right? He was, it needed it. He was a terrible uh, chipper and pitcher of the ball. They changed all that around. I love the direction of that. Statistically, probably not exactly where he wants it to be, but I think the right changes nonetheless. You got to keep going down that path, believe in the process. Putter's fine. Like, I mean, Victor Hovland was, was going this way. He worked all the way up to the number three player in the world. Three wins. Like more than that worldwide, like five worldwide or something. Point being, there was success happening. And he makes the change. So I don't know. Like, I, I just, that, that doesn't add up to me. And this is, this takes nothing away from Joe Mayo, who, who's again, a, a brilliant mind. Jeff Smith, a brilliant mind. Uh, before Jeff was Dana Dahlquist, a brilliant mind. All these guys really, when you study them, like they got they kind of from the same cut, like they kind of believe in a lot of the same things. They understand the science and how speed's created and wrist angles and shallowing the shaft and all the, I mean, like all these things, like there's, there's a lot of consistency there. And even with the success that Victor had, he decides to make the change. Sixth coach uh, since uh, Oklahoma State. I, I just, that's concerning to me. It, it really is. That's concerning to me. Um, I, I, I think Victor, this is a critical time. I think he needs to take a step back. And he, he needs to start building in some stability. And a consistent voice, some stability there and build upon your success. Don't search. When you search, your confidence becomes fragile, become more insecure, you become more difficult to work with. Handholding is becomes a necessity. Like it just it's just a it's a bad slope. I've seen it. I'm not saying exactly that's what's happening, but I have a pretty good feeling. Finish up with John Rump. Thank you for being here. We got a big week this week. Uh John Rom just didn't have his best stuff on Sunday. And I want to finish just a little with a, a little instruction here. I, um, I, I, it's funny. Like sometimes you, you make a post and, and uh, you know, every post I make there, there's, there's a reason for the post. And the reason isn't just always about the professional golfer, right? It's like, okay, a lot of times we do the analysis and, you know, the professional golfer breakdown and these types of things. And this is what they do. This is what they work on. It's interesting. But then you know, a lot of my posts are, are, are geared towards, okay, this is what the, this is what the professional golfer does. But, but the reality is for amateurs, like it, it, it's, it can be something different. And I, I made this post with John Rom showing the picture of his initial takeaway where his hands go out and the club head goes in. And that move 
if you had an amateur golfer come through your studio, come through your lesson tee, an amateur golfer, let's just say the average amateur golfer, I'm going to fix that probably 98, 98% of the time. I'm going to fix it. Hands out, club head in. It's like fingernails on the chalkboard for me. Now, John Rahm, Raymond Floyd, Matthew Fitzpatrick, there's always outliers, folks. There's always outliers. When they make that move, highly skilled players, you're, you're probably going to work around it. But even then, even then, you're probably going to work on it, as John Rahm does. John Rahm works on that move, tries to keep the hands a little more in, club head out, tries to feel a little more extension in the lead wrist. Even John Rahm. One of the best players in the world. Number three currently. He tries to clean that up just a little bit. And most do. If it's off plane in the first part, they even clean that up a little bit. So I make that statement. And of course, you know, you, you get some coming at you. And a, a, a top teacher uh, did take issue to it in that like, well, <laughs> It really doesn't matter how you take it back. All that matters is the downswing and impact, right? And no one's arguing that the downswing and impact are important. And, and there's ways to kind of, you know, train impact, some small swings, and then work back. I like that. Sometimes I, I reverse engineer it that way too. And I'll reverse engineer it that way if I know I've got some time with a student, right? If, I, if I've got time with a student, I will take the time to, to do little swings, educate path, face, attack, angle, body alignments, all those, just get impact. Perfect. In fact, I did a, a full series on it around the impact bag on golftrainingaids.com. So I, I totally get that. But an amateur player shows up and even that said, like if I got time and, and, and they, their hands are out and the club heads in, I'm going to clean that up. You have to, right? You have to, because the net effect of that backswing of that first move. And I did a, another video on this is you get a handful of things, right? One club head gets behind you quick. The player feels the need to, to lift. And when they lift, they're more likely to sway. Secondly, um, when your hands go out and the club head goes in, your hands sometimes return out and guess what that exposes? The old hosel. Your hands go out, the club head goes in in the first move. And, and then from there, you, you kind of, you, 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 go, you go up and then from there you steepen it in transition, right? Because it kind of goes back flat, laid off. And then from there, the need to steepen it. All right. You're a highly skilled player like a Ricky Fowler. Knock yourself out. But I see most guys going back the other way, right? They kind of get it a little more vertical and then the club pitches back coming down. Um, club head, better players, hands go out, club it goes in and then they kind of keep it shallow and then they, the path drives way out to the right and they hit push hooks. And that's your better player. If you could do that. Uh, you don't turn, you, you don't fully turn as much uh, to the top of the swing. There's just, there's a list of things that happen in the backswing, this, this trickle down effect, then that, that then affects the downswing. For those of you out there that think all that matters is impact and the backswing is completely irrelevant, you are missing so much of the point. It's sick. Like it's, it's sickening. I made the statement that it's malpractice if an amateur shows up and your hands go out in the club and you don't fix them. It's just, it's like, it's sickening. If you just let that go and you're just trying to develop a player, 15, 20 handicap, even a seven, even John Rom's working on it for crying out loud. So 
This is something I'm very passionate. The backswing matters, folks. It matters, especially if you're an amateur player. You play once a week. You play twice a week. You play once a month. You don't practice. Why wouldn't you want to just shape it a little better here, which shapes it a little better here. Now you make a little better turn. And now it just improves the probability of everything coming down. Everything, everything gets improved. So it's just, it's a, like, you know, I got to take a step back, understand where it's coming from. I get it. And, and there's a way to go about it. And I respect that. But then at the same time to just say the, the backs, the, like the hall of fame is full of all kinds of backswings. Don't worry about it. It's just ignorant. I mean, in my opinion, it's just ignorant. Like, okay, yeah, I get that. There's different backswings, but I'm not working with hall of fame talent every single day. I'm not working with the same people that have, um, these people have jobs. They have kids. Golf is a, is a, is a, is a sport. They play once a week. They don't practice. So just shape it a little better and then just let it come and off you go. It's not all about impact folks in the way of development. It's just not, it's not all about impact in the way of developing a player. And I, I'm telling you, if that backswing shows up in this studio, in the amateur, I'm fixing it 99% of the time. And if it's a professional, we're having the conversation. Less likely that we're going to fix it. We're, going to, we're probably going to maybe potentially work around it, but we're going to have the conversation. So that's my thought on that. And I think it's, a, it's an important one because a lot of you who are listening right now, and I had a lot of you reach out and say, that's what I do. That's what I do. My hands, my club head gets in behind me quick. And I've been doing this for 22 years and I have fixed that a million times. And as I fix it and things get a little better, things get better coming down. And it's just like, they start getting more instinctive. There's a reason, even at the professional level, there's a reason that most of these guys are working on the backswing. If all that counts, if all that counts is impact, then why at the highest level, are the majority of guys not just working on impact? That's my question. That, these are the best players in the world, right? And I'm out there walking with them. I'm talking with them on the podcast. Um, and when I ask the question what they're working on, I am telling you 85% of the time, it's backswing. Shall we go through that list again? Scotty Scheffler. Last time I talked to his coach, you know what he's working on? Getting the club face a little bit more closed at the top. He tends to leave it a little open. Number two in the world, Rory McIlroy. You know what he works on? He tries to get the club shaft pitched a little bit more vertically going back so then it can shallow. He tends, wait for it, wait for it. He tends to get the club head a little behind him early. Shaft gets a little too flat, gets a little too far behind him. That's what he works on. John Rahm, you know what he works on? Every once in a while, confirmed it with his team yesterday. Yeah, okay, yeah, you get to clean up that first move. Works on getting loaded into the trail side. Axe swing. Cameron Smith, you know what he works on with Grant Field? He works on trying to get the club a little shorter at the top so it doesn't go across the line. Keep it shorter. Keep it pointing a little more left at the top. Back swing not sure what Patrick Cantley works on. Um, if anything, not sure right now what Xander top, uh, 
Shoffley works on. We've got to go all the way down to number eight, Will Zalatoris. He works on less side bend. Yeah, he works on less side bend. Because of his back, he's trying to cover it more. Ding, ding, ding. We got one there. He works on a little bit of impact dynamic. Uh, who else we got here? Let's go all the way. Let's go to Ricky Fowler, right? Because that, that's this one. Ricky Fowler, higher hands at the top. Back swing. Max Homa. Been talking a lot about his stuff. You know, he works on getting the club shaft pitched back, club face a little bit more close. You know why? So he can lean the shaft more forward. Impact as a result of the change at the top. Tony Finau, you know what he works on? Club head more out. Hands in. Club head more out. Hate to break two. It's just, it's over and over. Sam Burns, left arm deeper. Backswing. Right down the list. If your notion is all that counts as impact and it really doesn't matter what the hell you do going back, well, these guys got the most good stuff going on. So why are they working on that? Wouldn't they just work on impact? Right? Wouldn't they just work completely on impact if, you know, you got, no, they try to get it a little more organized so they can be instinctive coming down and hit the shots they want to hit. It's just the facts, folks. That's just, that's what's out there. Now, I'm not saying you can't have, I'm not saying you can't have success just, you know, doing some impact training. Look, I get it. All those things are, have value. Uh, but to just like, yeah, Hall of Fame's got all kinds of backswings. Don't worry about it. All that matters is the ball. Just getting a good impact. It's not the way it works in development. It's just not the way it works. All right, it's enough. Good stuff. Waste Management Phoenix Open. Scotty Scheffler. Victor Hovland, John Rum. Hey, Ricky, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. He looks different. Doesn't look as different on the course, but it's starting to look different. You can see it. Hands higher. It looks different. Clubs pitch better. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Ricky. I really am. I'm really happy he's relevant. I'm happy Jason Day is relevant again. The tour needs these guys right now. They need Ricky. Late 20s, early 30s, Jason Day, guys that have name brand, won 12 times. Ricky's won five. He's popular. Players champion. Yeah, they need these guys right now. You need them up there uh, to be competitive. So when we get in these elevated events, we can, we can, you know, we can stack the deck a little bit and 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 get a great finish down the stretch in these elevated events. Tigers playing this week. Riviera will break it down tomorrow. I think we've got the tour junkies on. I'm hoping with Dave and Pat. That's always entertaining. We'll give you our best bets there. Great field. Golf is on its way. Make it a great Monday.